All right, everybody, welcome. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Amanda Poole Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and I am so thrilled to be here with you today with Starry Teller, Gemini Brett. Thank you so much for that serenade. My pleasure. <laughs> It was beautiful. Music matters more than ever right now. Absolutely. absolutely. In the um, Inner Circle group, people have been posting that, uh, or several people posted that song, Higher Ground. Have you seen that uh -huh. video? Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's like people from all over the world singing this song and playing different instruments. It's really cool. So welcome to all of you. It's so great to be here with you. And today we have a very special edition planned for you. First, we're going to talk about the astrological reason why Brett said in the 2024 cast marathon that really nice. we are the ones we've been waiting for, that this is a time of the quote unquote second coming and that potentially the second coming is you and me and us. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the, we're going to continue a series that we started around the, um, around Christmas and we're going to talk about Easter and Passover and the astronomical story behind the holidays that we celebrate here on Earth. So very excited about both of these topics. Brett, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. It's crazy times. Crazy times. That yeah, is an understatement. All right. So, and when we were scheduling this session, I almost said, like, let's wait a couple hours. But I was just playing. I have a music map where I relate the 12 signs to the 12 keys of the of Western Harmony. And so I just started in the key of Scorpio and then found my way to the key of Sagittarius because that's what the moon's up to right now. And so we start with the moon, and according to the modern perspective, it was different in Hellenistic times, but in like the last moments of her void, of course, and this Pisces Mercury, which I think we'll speak about today, the last day Mercury's going to move into Aries after just hanging out in Pisces forever. So I was like, oh, maybe we should wait for those things to happen. But actually, like with the weird, dreamy confusion of this time, this is kind of like the perfect recipe. Perfect. Waterway. It seems like it, you know, it's, it's these comfort, all these special edition episodes that we've been doing. I've been hearing from the audience. It feels like medicine for them. And I know that it's medicine for me. So it's almost like in the times where it's the most chaotic or the most, you know, confusing or whatever, it's, it is the time to actually be having these broadcasts. So I'm grateful that you agreed to do it at this time. And I think it's so cool that you're making this music that charts with, uh, that maps with the astrology. And I know that you do that for people's individual charts as well. So you can hear the song of your astrology chart, which I just. Yeah. We had it on the secret menu for a long time because uh, my friend is just a master grand pianist, Eric Deutsch. We used to tour together for a long time. Beautiful musician. He's, I'm sending him production notes and then he's creating a song based on those notes and like channeling too. And he's, he plays in the Dixie Chick. So it's like a crazy tour schedule, you know, but not right now. So he's at home. So we just put that up on like the, the not secret menu at my website. And I'm doing a lot of these songs right now. And they're really cool. Like I, I mean to make like a SoundCloud where people can just listen to all the ones that people give me permission to post because it's really beautiful medicine. Eric made a solo piano record for my niece to be born to. Mm. Um, 
15 and some years ago now that was just some of my favorite music ever. We called it the baby sessions. Um, and so these ones are, there's a little bit more tension than, than that record had. You know, we, we want tension in music to find resolution. We want tension in charts to find resolution. What would we know of peace? You know, you go to that, that crystal bowl meditation and it's all like love. And then they hit that one that's all, and that's where the healing starts. You know what I mean? And that's a wonderful metaphor of this time we're in right now. There's a lot of that and that kind of confusion, but I think that helps open the opportunity for healing. So it's hard to say what this COVID-19 thing is, um, but it's not as hard to say like what we can do about it, I think. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's start there. So I, I'll never forget this moment in the 2020 forecast event. For those of you who, who were there, let us know if you remember this because it is one of the highlights of that whole event is when you set up the astrological story for this idea that right now is a time of the quote unquote second coming and that it's us, that we're the ones we've been waiting for. And I remember when you said that line, like, we're the ones we've been waiting for. It was like, you could feel, first of all, you, everybody had chills, you know, and there was just this, like, oh, wow, like, that feels really true, and it feels really big. And so I would love now, because I, I can't tell you, Brett, how many times I keep quoting all of you astrologers from that event. It feels at this point like a historic moment to me because we didn't know what was going to happen. We just knew it was going to be really big. And we're actually working on a highlight reel of that event to, to bring the inspiration and the, the, the invitation of this time through once again, because you all focused there. It was like, okay, it's going to be big things and here's what you can do. And there's going to be huge things and here's what you can do. So mm. now we're in it and it's sometimes harder to access the, here's what I can do when we're all in this thing together, but it's there. So we're going to be putting that together for you all. Just stay tuned. But Brett, can you recap for us? Why did you say that? What did you mean? And um, let's just go, let's go back there. Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with the turning of the ages doctrine. Um, so like how to even go into this. Let's speak, you know, <laughs> biblically, I guess. It's interesting, last time you and I connected kind of in this format, you know, forecast aside, um, we were speaking about like the astronomical and astrological mysteries of Christmas. And I was saying, we'll do like part two later, but we actually kind of got to it, which is the general idea that the birth of the sun is about the birth of the sun from a Northern Hemisphere point of view, of course. December solstice is winter solstice. Christmas Day brings the birth of the light out of the longest night, right? And there were many solar avatars of previous times um, that, like Christ, were said to be born around that time of the solstice, yeah? Um, so I was speaking a lot about the Santa mysteries and Santa's sleigh. And I really love that approach to like bring the kids out into like another level of the Christmas mysteries, as I say, but like the higher level is the seasonal kind of the solstice energetic um, that would really speak also to this time. And of course, here we are, you and I are um, speaking on 
Good Friday, right? I know that you grew up in the Catholic Church, and so that's obviously a huge deal, or was when you were younger and all this, right? I mean, it's a strange thing. I guess I should say this is the moon still in the last minutes of Scorpio before she shifts, that like Good Friday is the day that the Avatar died, right? Like that's a trip. So there were other times where people called that Black Friday, which of course these days we reserve for like the craziest, disgusting consumerist capitalism display after Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, obviously it's said to be Good Friday because this is when Christ died for our sins, right? On the cross. So I'll speak a little bit about what the cross is astronomically, and there's many options. Um, I think one of the principal themes of the forecast event for Astrology Hub in January um, was be human, right? Stay human. It kept, it was stay human. That was, that was another moment. I think it was Tammy Brunk who said it. And there was this like, you could feel this hush. You know, I know we're all virtual, but it was like this hush. And it's amazing to me now how significant those two words were when we, again, didn't know what was coming. It was like, mm. why stay human? Like, what did we even mean? What do we even mean by stay human? And why was that so significant? But it really was. But go ahead. Yes. Well, so yeah, I want to make sure I'm just not on some astronomical diatribe. So we'll continue to check in. The whole, we are the ones we've been waiting for. That's the idea. And it's, you know, that's a quote from the elders. I can't say exactly who. It's one that I've heard from elders actually of many traditions. This might have come maybe out of the book of Hopi, um, Frank Joseph's transmission of elder Hopi wisdom. I'm not sure. But it's something that I've heard long ago, and it feels really good. You know, I think when we look at these times, and there's a lot of fear. Like, I had just had one of those Facebook memories come up from a couple of years ago, and I remember the day I was, like, face-to-face -face with a coyote on this, on this walk in the middle of a very dark, moonless night, you know. And, uh, and coyote said to me, like, um, what did you say? Uh, fear plugs. Right. And then I was walking around thinking like, oh, yeah, it's really hard to hear with these fear plugs in my ear. <laughs> right? oh. And um, it was this like playful thing. I love these Facebook memories that will show up at these real like very timely events. Right. They're annual. They're like sun circuit solar return memories because they always come up on the date that you first posted them. But that was a really important and like powerful thing for me to hear. And like, how can we play through this time of confusion? Obviously the rational mind, like fear is the result of the things that the rational mind cannot understand, right? So part of it is to relax like that way and not try to figure things out and not try to solve things. Um, because me, you know, the, the Gemini moon reflecting Scorpio sun, this is like the classic conspiracy theory alignment. That's my nativity. And I'm in those rabbit holes all the time. Like yesterday, I recorded a three and a half hour podcast with Team Rabbit Hole. And we got into some places that I would rather not today. Um, but, you know, as I'm exploring like some of the so-called conspiracies around what this thing is, there's a lot of pain and, I, and I've seen in my years of like research in that kind of weird YouTube, you know, magic carpet ride, like so many videos where it's like, this is the nightmare of your times, but don't worry because this person's coming to save you or that person or that group or these beings from space or, you know, the galactic super wave. And I'm not saying 
you know, that couldn't happen. But I think it's a time now where we're really meant to step into, like, who am I? And so I want to start actually with a couple of things that I'm very excited about in this time. Um, one is that clients that I tend to connect with are well on their awakening, or I prefer to say a weirdening path. And they've been training for the new way that they will give their gifts for some time. Some have already made that shift, some have not yet. And this time of like weird double speak shelter in place is forcing them to share in a new way because their jobs have not been deemed essential or, you know, like an example would be a woman who's like a great body worker, massage therapist, but she's been training in like shamanic practices and remote healing and such, you know, and she can't put her hands on people right now. Like that's the law, right? So now it's time for her to offer these gifts that she's been training towards as like a shamanic healer, which you can do remote. And that's been like the case, not just in that example, but in that theme again and again and again. It's, it's as if we've been put in a corner, you know, <laughs> this feels very Saturn, you know, it's just like, okay, look at where you are. Look at who you've been. Look at how you've been living. Who do you want to be? And very importantly, like, who do you want to be in this new world? Because one thing like we can't deny is the old world is done. And I mean, the heart wants to go back to that place where we've been living. It's where we're comfortable. It's what makes sense. The mind wants to go there too. And I don't think that's how it's going to look. And I think one of the gifts, I guess, of astrology is like, we're not surprised, right? Again, like you'll have a highlight reel from the 2020 forecast where it's like, and I mean, for years, We've been talking decades. We've been talking about, whoa, 2020 is for real, right? But I didn't hear anyone say it's going to look like this pandemic or whatever, or, you know, and for me, because what I'll get to and sharing as far as why, like I'm saying 2020 is the second coming of the light. Um, like we haven't even seen it yet. Like this is just setting up what the real thing's about. And when I hear that, that's scary. Mm. But I need to transmute. You know, why is that my reaction? Why is my reaction not excitement? Because how many of us have not been calling for a new world? And not the new world orders new world. You know, a new world that actually makes sense. So I want to read, it's kind of a challenging quote. Um, but I want to read a quote from the one I like to call Sane Horse, who is known as Crazy Horse who was of the Lakota Sioux. And this is actually a quote that he spoke um, on the night before he was killed, where he was called back in to sign another false treaty. And um, he, he said this very beautiful thing. It's hard for me not to cry, actually, when I read this. I read it often to myself. Um, so I'm just going to read it and let it do what it does. Um, <clears throat> Upon suffering beyond suffering... The red nation shall rise again, and it shall be a blessing for a sick world, a world filled with broken promises, selfishness, and separations, a world longing for light again. I see a time of seven generations when all the colors of mankind will gather under the sacred tree of life, and the whole earth will become one circle again. 
In that day, there will be those among the Lakota who will carry knowledge and understanding of unity among all living things, and the young white ones will come to those of my people and ask for this wisdom. I salute the light within your eyes where the whole universe dwells. For when you are at that center within you and I am in that place within me, we shall be one. Mm. Right? <laughs> and, oh, you know, God. so one of the most important themes and, um, you know, I'm very grateful for the shamanic astrology mystery school where um, I got my start and my kind of astrological study as, as did Tammy Brunk, who's another guide for the inner circle this year. Um, Daniel Germario, who's the founder of that paradigm and Kaylin Castell, the kind of co-founder, um, they transmit Capricorn as the wise ones, as the elders, as the circle of grandmothers, as the ones who are tuned to the true traditions of earth and will preserve these ways for the seven future generations, which I love so much more than most of my books presenting this archetype as the CEOs and the police and the government and stuff. You know, I think it's that when we lose our way of the true traditions and we choose to project outside of ourselves the need for leaders, right? And don't like listen to the drumbeat of the earth and choose to dance in accordance. And so this has been the same thing for so long. Like this world needs to change. We're completely, you know, disrespecting our mother. And, and this is changing. And so another beautiful thing that's happening in the course of this like shutdown without so much oil and gas being burned, you know, there are factory cities that for the first time have allowed children who were born there to see a blue sky. And I'm not only talking about Los Angeles, right? I mean, that's a bit of a joke, but LA, like the smog has cleared out. It's said that you can see dolphins in the clear waters of the Venice canals, right? Like, I mean, tune into that image. Like those waters have been opaque forever. And actually not forever. It hasn't been long that this, you know, industrial revolution has brought us into this weird age. And actually many suggest that that shift along with the other revolutions on earth, like the French and American revolutions, you know, like some in the mm, secret society mysteries, it's whispered that this, America was preserved for um, the new age. And so when the time came, they came and, you know, started what was known as the new Jerusalem, the new Atlantis. But, you know, with no respect for the truth that people were already here, people were already in Hawaii, right? And I know you are connected so deeply to the thread of the ancient wisdom of the islands. And, you know, as we tune into the elder wisdom, if we choose to hear the drumbeat of the earth, we're going to need some guidance to reconnect. I mean, really, we only have to open our ears because this is a natural facility, but it's one that has been muted in, you know, the, the education of the programming of most of our use and our participation in this, in this culture, if you will, you know? So we want that change and we're terrified of change. We yeah. want this new life. And we're terrified of death. And this is that time where we could cling on to a thing or fight a thing, you know, 
And that is the very like energy, like trying to grip onto the sinking ship that would keep you from floating to the beautiful island that is your new place. Mm. I am so happy that you're bringing this up and I'm grateful for your honesty around that um, what you said where, you know, we're never going back and there's that like, because I think that's very natural. Like when you hear, when, when I say it or when anybody says it, like things are changing forever, that initial like, it's like, but how come it's not? And it's going to be better than ever. And it's going to be more beautiful than ever. And it's going to honor life. I mean, with the power of our words and the power of our visualizations and the power of like, he's like sane horse. I love that you say that sane horse instead of crazy horse that, you know, he says that, that we will come together in this vision and we will come together and create this reality. And as long as we're, we're constricting about the fact that the old is going away, we aren't, like you said, we have fear plugs in our ears and we can't open up to the possibility of what that new world could look like that isn't our worst case scenario. I know worst case scenarios are playing out all over the place. Guilty, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, worst case scenarios are definitely playing out, but we all know there's infinite probabilities and possibilities. And one of the things you all kept saying again at that 2020 forecast event is we are a part of the script writing. We are a part of the story writing. We are not at the mercy of some thing that is being placed upon us. And I know like in times like this, that's the time where that feels the least true, you know, where it's like, well, then explain why all this is happening and explain why I'm sitting in my home and why I can't go to work. And I get all that. And this is the time where we get to exercise that power of inner authority to create something Mm. different. And that something different can be something amazing. It doesn't have to be something awful. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting that you bring up that quote too, because in Hula the other night, and my Kumu goes, Kumu is my teacher. She goes, I don't know why I felt compelled to, to teach you this dance tonight, but I need to teach you. And, and the name of it is Kualana Napua. And it sounds super cheerful and like pleasant and the dance to it's beautiful. If you saw me do it, you would think I'm talking about love and, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a rebel song. And it's basically Mm. the, the, the words are, I will not sign your evil treaty. I will protect the land. I will protect my people. I will. And I don't care if I have to eat stones. I will do what I need to, you know, and, and so it's just in part of the movement is like, you know, you put your arms down at your side and it's like this chin up and it's, it's that resolve though, that resolve. And I feel like these voices are coming back to us. Mm. These voices that, that were warning about the way of life that was decimating the earth, right? They were warning us about the consequences of that. And I, and I feel, I, I hear them coming back saying, not I told you so, but just remember and choose different. And it's, it's where we're at. <laughs> and and like you said, that. we might not even be there yet understanding what that really actually means. I, I acknowledge that too. Yeah, there's another thing building. <laughs> and, you know, I'll just say that um, and the, the beautiful truth 
in the mysteries of the thing I've come to believe um, is that even dark forces will be used to pave the way of light. But this requires us to like release. So I want to speak about a few themes today. Like I want to make sure that we do, and I'll you know, use this phrase intentionally, like the essential business as much as we want to look into these Easter, Passover, Christ on the cross, galactic alignment, second coming and processional and turning of the ages themes that I would love to share. Um, but essentially like, what can we do now? Right. And that's why we're here right now, because this is one of the things that we can do all of us to share what you know, to open your heart, not, you know, everybody listening here, you're on this path. And that probably has you experiencing the life of a bit of an outcast. I mean, interestingly, my theme as a guide for Astrology Hub's inner circle, where I get to start with actually the moment that I'll direct our gaze to in a little bit that I feel is the most powerful astronomical and therefore astrological moment of our lifetimes. And I mean, June solstice of 2020. And then I always follow that up with actually the second most because June solstice 2001, I think that was it actually. And we're still in that time now. And so I'll try to show some of this. There's also a movie at my website at GeminiBrett.com where I get through this material three and a half hours. <laughs> right? So if you have any time on your hands right now, go check it out and we'll build this step by step and you'll see more of this. Okay. But the essential business here is what can we do? And for one thing, like share what you know. So there's two different ways we can do that, right? Like there is the one that I have been and try not to be who has had my mother in tears late night after a holiday dinner, trying to help her awaken by showing her the shadow nature of the world. Not good, right? This is the one and we see this so often of those who would try to awaken people to the light to help release them from you know, evil, but actually they're just working for that very thing that they're trying to free people from. And that's an energy thing. And so when we talk about discernment, right, that is a magic of the heart. I'll use this word that's like not in favor anymore, which I think I always look to these words that are no longer in favor that have been PC'd out to make sure that that's actually not in a sense like a an attempt to take some of my powers from me. And the word is discrimination. Mm -hmm. And that is a word of, of the power of the mind, right? And so I'm not talking about racism and sexism and that shit, right? So this is a time where we really need to tune into what are you dieting? And I'm not just talking about what you eat. I certainly am, right? And I'm fortunately like Anna is here to help guide me into a better way. And I'll actually take this tangent for a second and just say, you know, this is a time where we're being catalyzed to step into a reaction of a greater experience of who we choose to be, to create this new world. Like how many years have I been telling myself I need to grow a garden? Like I have a Taurus South Node and Venus and Virgo and I've never grown plants in my life, you know? And so it's been years now, oh my gosh, I need to get more food independent and I need to get involved with the circle of life. And it takes a fear of an Armageddon to plant an Armageddon, you know, which we've got going on now. And so it's cool. Like Anna and I are out digging, like building fences and, you know, planting starts. And yesterday we sowed seeds and it's so exciting. Do you know it's what really I mean? Great. And it's, yes. you're, you're literally, when you eat a plant, you're eating light, right? 
Like a plant receives the light and turns it into energy that can live eternally in your experience, right? So that's, a, that's been a really powerful contemplation for me recently. And other things like I dreamed when we moved kind of out of the city and out to our new home, which we did very recently, um, that we would be spending more time like cooking at home and less like kind of going out. We used to live together in a very small place and it was like, got to get out of here. And so, you know, go walk down the road and eat some dinner at a cool restaurant. Like that's not happening right now. And right. so it's exhilarating just these simple things. It's, you know, for all of us, I think there's these catalysts. Let's talk about the truth of the power of the North Lunar Node in the sign of cancer right now. And we're all being forced to that deep experience of home. And for many of us, and, you know, blessed we are, a family. And even if for people who are feeling super alone right now and are totally isolated, that is still a contemplation of family. So hand on heart, I can say one of the things that's a really deep awakening for me at this time is that my life hasn't changed that much. And that's not a good thing, right? I mean, it's a reminder that, look, you know, where is your social life? Connecting on Zoom video and, you know, teaching that way. Like, sadly, a lot of the retreats where I do get to experience that, that family and that community have now been canceled or, or turned into virtual happenings, which on one level I celebrate because I'll finally get some video courses together. But on another level, like I'm really going to miss that connection. And it's a reminder that like when this thing clears, it's time for me to give some attention and give some energy towards more of a social focus. And that's actually was going to be my theme for Astrology Hub Inner Circle come June. <laughs> I just need to add to that because I agree with you. My life is very similar um, to what it was before. And the amazing thing to me is probably about three weeks before all this went down, I hit a breaking point. And a lot of you in the community have heard me talk about like the left side of my head and how it was, it was hurting after a day on technology. And that's why I'm wearing my flowers that protect me. And, um, I, but I had hit this breaking point of like, oh my God, I need human physical interaction. Like I need to be with humans more throughout the day. I had like several breakdown moments. Anna was witness to several of them. We were both actually experiencing it at the same time. And then to have this happen, it was like, oh wow. Okay, so right when I'm like making this commit, we were gonna do a live event, you know, all these things we were doing to bring the community together in person. It's like, okay, we don't get to do any of that. But it really, it's almost like, I feel like I've been living in the virtual reality for a long time and I already know how it plays out. And it's, it's amazing that we can connect this way. Amazing. And, and the intention was always that we would be able to find our tribe online, but take it offline and like yeah. be together in community and small communities, you know, events where we come together. But so I hear what you're saying in terms of like evaluating it's almost, I feel like it's like, you know, when you, you were a kid and you played freeze dance, it's like freeze. And we all get to see where we were, where we're at. Like, it's like this big, like taking stock moment of, of our life. And ideally, right. We'll have this opportunity to start making changes in the direction that, um, we got to see really clearly in this moment. And, um, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, totally. And then it's weird. Cause there's these limitations like, you know, Koa's home from school. And so that's great because we're learning more about stepping into 
education and being involved and not just like escaping and parking in front of a television or something like that, you know, but if I want to get him a cool project, right. Um, it used to be go down to the local mom and pop toy shop and buy something used. And now it's click the button at amazon.com, you know? And so one of the really frightening things that's alive right now is like, you know, who is deeming what business is essential and what is not. And I will say that tomorrow with, or really tonight as Mercury ingresses Aries, that's going to be some new expression of some of the pent up like anger and like some of the, like, wait a second, why did I just agree to like stay at home? And it's like, hold on a second. Like are these virus results true? Is this thing being steered? Cause I see that these trillions of dollars that just funded the bank and these millions of dollars and billions that are going into you know, protecting me through what, like an app that I mandated to have that will make sure to signal the police if I'm assembled in a group or a family, you know, like there's some weird things that are happening right now, right? Like the fear of like the vaccination scene. I mean, just go listen to Bill Gates. Like, again, I want to try not to get too deep into these rabbit holes, but it's pretty scary. And on one level, one thing I want to talk about today, I want to try to get back to wherever I took that branch of the Armageddon garden from but um is is the wu way versus the the wu way um and these are just different spellings wu w u w e i right coming from the dao interestingly wuhan comes into that and i've been thinking a lot how we've been put into like a wuhan solo experience where you're on your own in a way um I like to play with words a lot and I've been studying Wuhan and through time and like how the Chinese Republic was actually born there. It's super fascinating. There's so many threads that this place can open for us to go adventure. It's fun to send the mind into places, but not to get stuck there. And um, so I'll take, speak a little bit about the Wu Wei and the Wu Wei, um, but also very importantly, like the alchemical necessity of disillusion versus delusion, okay, which are similar things. So, solve et coagula is this beautiful alchemical axiom, which means take apart and put back together, right? So, like this is part of the medicine practice, for example. Um, you guys you recently had Cameron Allen on, right, who's studying in many ways like the plant-planet correspondence, herbalism, and, you know, there's many ways that we can work with the medicine of a plant, you know, from like the very light frequency of a floral essence to like something that the alchemist would smile more upon, which is called a spagyric, right? Where it's like if you take a tincture, for example, what happens is you superheat a plant until you get its spirit. And then the body turns into this, what they call the mark. It's this gray matter and they put it into the compost pile, you know? And the alchemist says, you fool, that's the salt. And you need to take that body of the plant and recombine it with the spirit of the plant, Mm. right? So you separate the two, you purify them, and then you bring them back together. There's a cool living metaphor in the craft that, you know, we're participating within of astrology where like, unlike the, the Indian thread, which some are still practicing astrology just as it was practiced long ago. Um, in the West, the astrology was burned at the stake and it allowed us to lose connection to the ancient ways 
and live into this dream of a new astrology. It's very Jungian, you know. And now we're reclaiming the old translations, and, and it's about recombining those two. So we're in this weird period of you're either traditional or you're modern, and so it needs to come back together, right? So, but it will do that only when we go through the third stage of the alchemical process, which is separation. And this is the function of Mars. And this is the function of, we could say, discrimination from a mind level or discernment from a heart level, right? Mm -hmm. So I was talking earlier about, you know, what are you eating? So I'm just talking about your food, like, you know, what YouTube videos you're watching and how are you watching them? Like with which of your facilities turned on? You have this ability to open up chakras and close others down and protect them, you know, like, and be wise and tune into these things because one of the bits about this whole worldwide web trip, which is increasing at a high frequency that we don't necessarily want, like we're in a stage of salvia coagula, like as a species, we're being reminded by like the turbulence of an technocratical society but it's here just as an exclamation point to say okay cool like go back and reclaim your connection to earth be a human but a human in this new age like you don't deny the truth that you came into a technological age like that's part of our incarnation that's part of what this is about right but we don't want to become the robot we don't want to just go be you know the animal in the jungle sometimes i do um, but we want to find out how we can live in both of these places and bring them together in a healthy way. And so part of this is that awakening. And we're just going to return to the common sense knowledge of the ancient ones. But it's going to have to be voiced in a new language because here we are in a, new, in a new time, in a new place, right? But this is a time for us to use that, like, discernment is the best way to go because the mind will say, no, 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 I can go to that place like safely. It's okay. But as soon as the heart starts feeling like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Like listen to that first and foremost and at least take a break. You know what I mean? That's the power of discernment and the power of our individual hearts as the nodes of the one heart, I feel actually is what the internet's about. It's here to remind us of the true World Wide web, which is not something that requires technology right it's the way that we're all connected so when you're saying you're feeling this thing in the left side of your head Anna was feeling vertigo of course you are because the whole energetic system of the earth is being manipulated into a new frequency right mm -hmm. and you're sensitive and you're alive to that and you're an electromagnetic being if we would like speak scientifically okay and a new sun is being born so let's get back to that question in the side yeah what's that all about a new sun coming. Being born. yeah okay so let me speak like Precessionally, there are three motions of Earth, all right? So there's the spin, that's called the primary motion, day and night. It's the most powerful astronomical thing you will ever experience. There's more difference between night and day than there is if this is the sun, winter and summer, which is happening because it's the secondary motion, which is the orbit of Earth. The tropical zodiac is entirely based upon the marriage of the two planes of Earth's spin, that's called the celestial equator, right? That's the, the spin plane. I like to call it the circle of matter because it's the earth thing. And the ecliptic, which is the plane of earth orbiting the sun. So our yearly plane or from earth's point of view, the sun moving about us. So I call that the circle of spirit, sun. Okay. Tropical zodiac is that. And what the result is, people say it's seasonal, but we have this issue with northern versus southern hemisphere seasonal opposition, which is an important thing for us to address the tropical astrologers but what i'm showing in my work is like 
almost every ancient system that I've had the honor of hearing the whispers of, um, it is a system based upon the energy of the cardinal directions. The tropical zodiac is married to Earth's spine, the spine of Gaia, or I like to say the sword of our stone, or the world tree, the sacred tree, which in every moment forever is leaning north, she's defining north, towards the cusp of tropical Gemini and Cancer. So when the sun's in Cancer, which looks like that, right, the sun is north of the earth. Okay, so well, let's talk about East-Ur and why it's called East-Ur, which comes from Oester, who was the goddess of the dawn, which happens in the East, right? And, like, this is, and let's talk about Passover. But before I get there, I'm going to speak about a third motion of earth, which is called the, by the scientists today, although there might be another reason, called axial precession. So what's happening is 24 hours, night and day, in my practice, which I call sacred astronomy, which is based upon the philosophy that astrology is so much more than some symbolic language alone, it is the poetic breath of nature. And the idea that astronomical cycles influence our energetic experience as earthlings. And here's the proof. How do you feel at 3 a.m. versus 3 p.m.? Nobody <laughs> can answer honestly, right? The same, right? We feel distinctly different. That's an astronomical happening. That's Earth spinning on her axis, which brings such hits as sunrise and sunset. The flowers open to receive the light and close at night to dream and rest, and we should too, you know? Even more than the tides, and here we're in a big tide time because of the supermoon, right? Like, that's a daily thing. And astrology in many ways has kind of forgotten the essence of the primary motion. We haven't because that's the sun and the planet through the houses, where the orbital motion is about the sun through the signs, okay? So that's the primary day, the secondary year. And then there's a third motion of the earth, the tertiary motion, which is called by the scientists today and since Newton's time, axial precession. And the general way that it's expressed today is still based on Newton's theory from the 18th century, and it needs an update, is that Earth is not a perfect sphere, certainly not flat, certainly not a perfect sphere. It's got a little equatorial bulge right here, a little muffin top. And the sun and, and the moon especially are pulling on that thing and causing the Earth to like wobble like this. And this wobble is a, is a precessional, a backwards motion, and it takes about 26,000 years. The old image was 25,920 years. So we say about 26,000. Where that comes from is just like it said the human heart beats 72 times per minute when it's regular and calm. It takes 72 years for one degree of this great cycle, circle that the axis describes in our skies. So right now it's pointing to Polaris, which we call Pole Star, North Star, but that's not always the case. And there's this great circle in the northern and in the southern sky that the axis points to over this great year, or some call it the platonic year, of about 26,000 years. And each of these so-called astrological ages is typically tracked through where the east point, and I'll show you what that is, is aligned in some points of view to a constellation. And so that's why people say we're in the age of Pisces. I'll show you a picture that supports this. 
because the east point currently pointing to the constellation of the fish. And the question is, well, when is the dawning of the age of Aquarius? All right. So let's just like open to some of the ancient transmissions, like the ending of the age of the bull, which would have been like 4,000-ish or 2,000-ish BC. Um, Theseus defeats the Minotaur. Inanna descends into the Kerr to grieve with her sister Erishkigal the loss of her husband, Gugalana, the bull of heaven. Mithra stabs the bull, right? Mm -hmm. On and on we go. Moses, right, who realized he's not an Egyptian. The Pharaoh kindly fished him out of the water, at least his wife, right, and raised as a, as a king in this strange land when he realized that he was a Jew, you know, like it was let my people go. And I just mentioned Passover, right? This time right now is Passover, which happens at the time that the sun passes over the circle of matter. I'm going to show you a picture of what that is and what the annual cross is and why this then is the crucifixion of, the, of Jesus, the son of God, if you will, the son of man, the son of woman on the cross. So I'll show you where the cross is, okay? And I'll show you that at the same time, this means the sun is passing over. And if you know the story, these were houses that were passed over by the great curse, which was that the firstborn of every house would be killed, except for those who were passed over because what? They put the blood of the ram above their door. Okay, so I'll show you what this is astronomically. So in this idea of sacred astronomy, the idea is when we have a living practice with the sky, our eyes are going to be opened to many of the mm, transmissions that are woven into the mythos, not only of our craft, but of the great stories from many lands and many cultures. Do you want to chime in here at all, Amanda? I'm scared to just steal the mic. You're doing great. That's okay. why we're here. So right keep on. going. Yes. Okay. So and let me just say, what is the point of all of this mystical astro babble? First of all, it's super cool as far as I'm concerned. But the other thing is I want to show you why this year of 2020, besides the things that most of us are already talking about, Jupiter, Saturn, and Jupiter, Saturn in the first degree of Aquarius, is this the dawning of the age of Aquarius? Is that the beginning of a new epoch of the air signs for the great conjunctions? Well, there was... Libra in 1980-81, so I don't understand why we're not honoring that. And if we start 200 years of air signs for the great conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn in Libra, doesn't that describe a different age of two centuries than Aquarius would? So that's, I think, a really important consideration. I digress. Jupiter, Pluto, three of these. We've had our first. Saturn, Pluto, one, January 12th. We gathered with Astrology Hub for a, a ceremony for that. Yeah. So these are huge things, right? And, um, but what I'm going to direct your gaze to has to do with the sun and the moon and the earth and these three motions. Okay. So as the East point moves through, some would say the constellations, some would say the sidereal signs, there is an astronomical mechanism of archetypal evolution. Let me put it that way. I'll say that every human being who chooses to dance to the song of their soul is also very importantly, one of these mechanisms, but there's a greater mechanism that the emotions of the celestial choreography are bringing us through. And it's basically to where Easter is aligned to constellationally, we could say in the stars, we could look to the North point too, as I'll show you today. So there was a time when, when Moses, you know, became the father of the shepherd Kings. 
right? So this is a word that has been used to describe the Jewish elders, right? And of course there was Exodus, the staff turning to a snake, which is very interesting. We think of Hermes, maybe Asclepius when this happens, but importantly, climbing Mount Sinai, receiving the commandments, thou shalt not kill, and there's some other ones too. There's actually apparently one that matters more than that, because when Moses came down the mountain, he and his brother Aaron killed 3,000 of their own people. Why? Because these people were worshiping a golden calf. Yeah? And it's very important that this is a calf, not a cow. Because precession is a backwards motion. Procession is a march. Precession is marching backwards. And this is what the east point and all points of the zodiac do through the constellations of the heaven is they slowly, over this time, of about 26,000 years, about 72 years for one degree, multiply that times 360 degrees of the circle, 25,920, multiply that times 30 degrees of a sign, 2160 years is this kind of numerological idea of precession through a sign or an age, an astrological age, like the dawning of the age of Aquarius, right? So the age of Taurus, that's like 4320 BC to 2160 BC, which I prefer to call BP for before Pisces, because that's when the East Point aligned to the stars of the fish constellation, the Pisces constellation for the first time, right? So why a golden calf, not a golden cow? Because this was the end of the age of the bull, and it goes from 29 degrees to the first degree, the young bull, the calf, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is the announcement that we're moving into the new age, the age of the ram, right? And so this was, in this transmission, the age of the shepherd kings. Now, a couple of thousand years later, a good shepherd is born the son of the lamb, Aries, Aries, right? Who would become the fisher king, the fisher of men, the one who performed the miracle of the fish and the loaves. But the loaves, the harvest, that's Virgo on the other side because the truth of any sign of the zodiac is it's one side of a pair. Hot and cold are both temperature. Libra and Aries are relationship. Put them together and it says libraries. Libra Aries. And this is the book of relationship. We say Libra's relationship. No, it's othership. If you don't balance othership with selfness, there's no semblance of right relationship in your reality. All of these, Taurus and Scorpio are two sides of one thing. And it's a wonderful and endless contemplation to consider what is that one thing. And there's many answers. Okay. So we move into the age of the fish at one BP, B before Pisces, and this is like literally our calendars were configured a few hundred years later in the Council of Nicaea, right, to align this time. Now, the question is, when do we pass over into the dawning of the age of Aquarius? So we have this thing from the New Testament where Christ is asked by his disciples, where should we prepare supper? And they're speaking about Passover supper, right? This time halfway through a Jewish year because the Jewish year begins with Rosh Hashanah around September equinox, which is the sunset of the year. Because the old Jewish work is to begin days at sunset, which I know sounds silly, but that's because they had a lunisolar calendar where you're waiting for the moon to be born in the West to know when the month begins. Diana's bow. And so if you're beginning your month and that image of sunset, that's when you begin your day. And so you calibrate your years 
to the similar energies, right? And the sunset of the year is autumnal equinox, which of course in Jerusalem is September equinox, right? On the other side of the year is the Passover time, March equinox, spring equinox. And many astrologers will say that we begin our year when the sun ingresses Aries. And you usually hear why that is, is because this is when light overcomes night. And this is the resurrection. We'll tell that to the folks in Australia and blessings for the Southern Hemisphere people right now in this time of virus, like the warming air in the Northern Hemisphere should help this thing, right? What about the Southern Hemisphere? So we really need to have our hearts open and be global and act local, as we say, right? So let me take you into some, some global considerations. I'll share some pictures here. This is the big event. This is the June solstice annular solar eclipse, just moments really after the sun ingresses cancer, which means the sun is where the northern axis of Earth leans. That's the north point, okay? And importantly, it's in a very powerful place in space which modern astronomers call the winter hexagon. And it's formed out of these great stars, Capella of the herdsmen or the charioteer, Castor and Pollux of the Gemini twins, Procyon, the small dog, Sirius, the big dog, Regal, the right or left foot of Orion, and Aldebaran, the eye of the bull. The Lakota, which you're also seeing this other image here, they use the Pleiades instead of Aldebaran in this great asterism that they called the sacred hoop. So the Gemini twins here, they called the bear's den. And this circle of the heavens is also a circle on the earth, which is why South Dakota is like the most sacred place or the Lakota, Dakota, Nakota, because this is where the racetrack is on earth. This is where this hoop is on earth. In fact, that bear's den is what the white man has come to call devil's tower. And all of these stars have a geological expression as above, so below on earth. Now the Lakota, they say that this is where our souls come from. And just to give a little bit more support for that from other traditions, this place has been called the golden key of St. Pete in some mysteries. It's been called the golden, or sorry, the silver key and the silver gate, where our souls come from. Yeah. The Lakota also say that when we die, we will move through this circle, this anipi, the sweat lodge in the sky where we will be purified. So the head of the lion over here, they saw as the fire pit where the stones are brought into the sweat lodge where we're purified. And then we walk the spirit road, which is the Milky Way. They say to somewhere that sets in the Southwest. Now that's galactic center. And there's a wonderful book. I feel like every mystic and every astrologer should read in our day and age. And was by the great John Major Jenkins, who sadly transitioned a couple of years ago. Um, the book is called Galactic Alignment. Read that. It's amazing. And his focus, and the focus for most in this way, has been on the other side of the sky, which is near the galactic center, where the great galactic bulge of the Milky Way, you can see the Ouroboros biting its own tail. 
Again, GeminiBrett.com, go to the teachings page, check out 2020 Revelations, and you'll see a much longer version of this transmission. I'll show you all of that, okay? But my focus has been to this other side of the sky. And what I've added to this mix of the prophecies of many lands, like this is the sun, according to the Celts, on the hand of the high man, or the hand in the Bengali language in India of Kalparish, which means time man. The, gold, the silver gate, the, the sacred hoop from where our souls come. In the Maya, it said, still to the day, we'll, tack, we'll stack three stones on the griddle, the tortilla griddle, and the hearth of a newlywed couple when they bring the central fire of the village to this place because those three stones, which are representing these three stars, the two feet of Orion, okay, that's Saif and Rigo, and then the easternmost belt star, because they say they surround the smoke of creation, okay, which is here. And in Orion's sword is the Orion Nebula. I'm convinced that these myths of many lands are telling us that this is literally where the sun in our sky was born. Now, astronomers would like smack me for saying that. They have no idea. They know stars are born in nebulas. They have no idea where our star was born. I'm sure we're being told this. Another great proof of this is a child who was born of a virgin in a manger, they say, on December 25th, who was named Horus, the Avenger, the child of Osiris and Isis, or Asur and Aset. So Osiris was cut into 14 pieces by his brother Set, and his consort, his wife, his queen, Isis, and others went to look for these pieces to put him back together. And they consecrated a great temple everywhere a piece was found. There's 13 of those temples. The 14th was never found. This was the phallus, which was thrown into the Nile and it's said to be, have been eaten by crocodiles. So what happened is Johuti, who many of us know as Thoth, created a golden phallus for Osiris, who had otherwise been reassembled. And Isis turned herself magically into this bird and flew above this golden phallus, and there was a miracle seeding. Osiris, we're told, became what we call Orion in the sky. Okay, so Orion's sword is the golden phallus of Osiris, and this is the place where the sun was born because Isis gave virgin birth to Horus, the avenger because he would avenge his father's death. He does so every morning when the sun rises. But then his uncle Set wins <laughs> when the sun sets. That's why we call it sunset, actually. Right? And this is meant to happen eternally, lightness and darkness, until Thoth finally chooses the victor, and many suggest that this will be Horus and that light will win in the end. Um, but, you know, nighttime is the right time. I'm, I'm a star guy also. So here we're hearing another myth that the son, Horus, there's no denying that this child, this virgin birth child, was the son of our sky, right? Was born in the golden phallus of Orion, and, or Osiris, and if Osiris, as we're told in these mysteries, after his travel through the underworld, the Duat, was stationed in the heavens as the constellation we call Orion now, that this would be that golden phallus of Osiris, where there's a very magical nebula, nebula there called the Orion Nebula. Okay. So every year, the sun will come to this hand of the high man, the hand of time man, in the center of the sacred hoop. 
But axial precession, this third motion of the earth, has a range in our day and age, and this is not just one year. The center point was around 1999. The Maya calendar, the long count, seemed to celebrate December 21st, 2012 as the time when the December solstice sun was on the opposite side of the sky where our southern axis is now leaning in the heavens and that's galactic center or the galactic cross over there. These galactic crosses is where the plane of our solar system, this yellow curve you see is the ecliptic, it's the sun's path and therefore the constellations of the zodiac, the bull, the twins, right? Or we were going this way, precessing, twins, ram, fish, right? So let me get back to that kind of biblical story, which is the disciples asked where to prepare Passover supper. And they were told by Christ, go into the city, find the man bearing the pitcher of water, follow him into the house in which he dwells. And one of the apostles, or at least one of the gospels tells us that this will be in the room upstairs. And that's the last supper, which they didn't know it would be, but of course he did. And this is often talked about as, okay, well, this is um, about the dawning of the age of Aquarius, right? The water bearer, the house. That's what we used to call the signs. I'm still do today. They'll go into the house of the water. So when will the east point move into the house of the water bearer? That's the idea of when is this dawning of the age of Aquarius. And there's been a lot of, I'll say the Wu Wei, W-O-O, that's been projecting everything gets better then right? Something happens, the Savior comes, whatever, you know? Um, is it going to be that way, and when is it? And I think he tells us when it will be on the next page, <laughs> you know, right? So earlier, we were talking about this beautiful quote, you know, from, from Sane Horse, a crazy horse, shortly before he was murdered, and one from Christ, like when he was on trial on what we now call Good Friday, right, which we're celebrating today, Interestingly, because Easter is configured, what? It's cool, astrologically, to a magical day of the week, the day of the sun, because this is sun worship, to the lunation, the Sunday after full moon, so that's earth, moon, and sun, after March equinox, which is earth, sun. So it's really cool the way that Easter is actually configured. Amanda, I'm realizing we're going long. It's probably going to take another seven minutes if I really want to get to the thing. Is that okay? You have to get to the thing. <laughs> you can't leave it. No, yeah, so, so that's it. I mean, <laughs> and, and everyone, I, I, I think everybody is following. I'm, I'm actually looking at some of the comments that I'm catching, and people are following. We're on the edge of our seat because you haven't, like, all of that was set up for, for what you're bringing us to, which is right. okay. why you said, this is the time of the second coming and we are the ones we've been waiting for. Okay. So I'll get back to like what, what the quote is. Um, but so let me show you, I got to jump around in this slideshow. Interestingly, I saw this earlier, the place I want to take us now in this slideshow as, as I do hundreds of slides is slide 66. And one of the reasons why I'm so interested in that is because the gematria of the word corona, which of course means crown, is 66. Anyway, that's a tale for another time. But let me well, show you, you made, one you of- made this, You made this slide deck before we were familiar with the name coronavirus. Oh right. yeah, for sure. Um, this was, this again, these are from a talk you can find at GeminiBread.com called 2020 Revelations. It's three and a half hours long. 
and it will refer you to another three and a half hour movie on my website <laughs> called uh, Washington Deciphered, The Star Mysteries of DC, because there's some really interesting and weird things in the Capitol building that speak about the second coming and seem to show George Washington as the avatar of the new age. Um, so Caduceus staff of Hermes, and we're gonna look at this serpent, okay? So there's many serpents. <laughs> And one is the serpent of the lunar nodes because the moon snakes above and below the ecliptic, the path of the sun every month. This is the snake of the tropical zodiac. So I'm going to show this again. We're here at Easter. Okay. If this is the north point, right, the northern pole leans towards tropical cancer. It doesn't point to the constellation of the crab. Tropical astrology is not constellational. Constellations do not divide the circle into 12 equal slices. Like these are the complaints from the rationalist scientists when they attack astrology and especially tropical astrology. It's important for us to know this. There's very simple astronomy behind the tropical zodiac. It's completely based, as I said earlier, on the interface of the plane of day, which is Earth's equator, okay, celestial equator, and the plane of the year which is the ecliptic, which passes always through the tropics of Cancer and the tropic of Capricorn. Guess where on earth the sun is directly overhead when it ingresses Cancer? And the answer is the tropic of Cancer. Okay, and when it ingresses Capricorn, it's directly overhead somewhere on earth, 23 and a half degrees south of the equator, the tropic of Capricorn. Right, so the the NASA cats will say, "Well, no, Capricorn's now aligned to Sagittarius because they think it's a constellational trip." It's like, well, why don't you call it the Tropic of Sagittarius then? And I kind of digress. I have to show you a lot. There's another like three-hour movie on my website called "The Very Real Astronomy of the Tropical Zodiac," where I'll lay out, you know, scientific proof for what the tropical zodiac is and why it works. And, and the most important thing I can say again today is that it is a system based upon the energies of the cardinal directions. And the equinox points are the nodes, we could say, of the earth and sun planes. I'll say that of matter and spirit. And the solstice points are like the bendings. And the equinox points, like if you think about the Libra glyph, what is that? That's the setting sun. And the reason is because that's due west of the center of Earth where we are all connected. Now, west from Hawaii, where you are, is different than west from Richmond, where I am right now, you know, as far as where it points in space. But there is, we measure astrology, the placement of the planets from the heart of Earth, from the center of Gaia, where we are all connected, where we are one, you know. And there is a north point. The north pole is always leaning towards the cusp of Gemini and Cancer. Right? The Gemini glyph shows us that the sun gets higher for six months and lower for six months. The Cancer glyph shows us that the sun moves north on the horizon for six months, stops and turns around, which is what solstice means, and goes six months back towards the south. And then turns around at the, at the solstice point, which the Greeks called tropikos, which means turn around. That's, like, that's what our tropical zodiac is named for. That's what the tropics are named for. And very importantly, right now I guess you're going to have to take my word for it, but the Cancer cost of tropical zodiac is north point west point for libra south point for capricorn the southern pole always leans there in every moment forever and aries is the east point so what i want you to show i'm just going to show a year and what's happening when the sun is east of 
Earth, and that's March equinox, ingressing Aries. We'll see the sun now is moving north of the celestial equator to its northern extreme over the Tropic of Cancer, coming back down. Equator at equinox, Tropic of Capricorn, and then coming back up to begin a new year due east of the center of the earth. Why is that the beginning of the year? Well, east is the place of new beginnings. Just watch a sunrise. Why is it the Passover? We'll dig how this is when the sun passes over the ecliptic, right? Or sorry, the equator. The sun's always on the ecliptic. So not right, wrong. The sun is always on the ecliptic. That's the sun's path. That's the plane of the year. But only at the equinox points, and this is like the north node of the sun-earth relationship, only at the equinox points is the sun passing over Earth's equator, the plane of our daily motion, our spin. And that's, this is how the tropical zodiac is configured. It's configured seasonally, but more importantly, the same thing that the seasons result from, which is directions. Okay, well, let me show you another thing here, which is the Aries glyph. <clears throat> I mean, these glyphs don't really look like constellations. And I've shown each one of them in, in different talks. And you'll see a lot of that in the 2020 Revelations video or in the Very Real Astronomy of the Tropical Zodiac video if you go over to GeminiBread.com. The glyphs are carriers of tropical astronomy. So let me show you the Aries glyph. We talked about a few above. Like it doesn't look like the ram in the sky. In the general history of astrology that we're taught is that the Babylonians chose these 12 zodiac constellations that hold the sun as it passes through the 12 months of their calendar. There's some issues with that because their calendar is 354 days. It's a loony solar thing. I don't want to get into it. But what I'll show you right now is like, you know, the ram's horns, they don't really look like this ram constellation. And Anna and I created these glyphs that, you know, they don't look, this one looks a little bit more like that ram, especially if I like truncate it and then cut it in half, right? Now, now it looks like that constellation. So maybe that's what they're after. I don't think so. I'll show you what it is in the heavens. And Brett, you know, we, we're getting we're getting to the point of we are why why you think this upcoming summer solstice is one of the most important astrological events of our lifetime. Absolutely, one hundred percent building up to, and we're almost all right. There. Everybody, hang in there for those of you who are heads exploding. Um, hang in there, and then there's lots of people that are just tracking everything you're saying. So, but we were also going to talk about Easter and why. Um, this Aries glyph that we use actually looks a lot more like bunny ears, <laughs> which is a pretty interesting thing. Now the bunny, the Easter bunny, which is weird, right? Like how did we get here from here? Right? So one thing is it's reaching back to older celebrations of fertility, right? right. Bunnies like to make love and make babies and right. eggs are about fertility, right? Yes. But also what's in a name? And what's in those bunny ears too? And what's in the horns of the ram? And we'll see it right here, which is the name East or Wester, which was the goddess of the dawn, the goddess of the East, right? We see East. So let me show you what the ram's horns are at this time when the sun is at the East point. 
if you sit east, and this will be more powerful in your experience in Hawaii, like you're going to have to get from Kula and get up to Haleakala, or at least go to the other side of the island where you get a really good clear of the eastern horizon. This video I made here is from the equator where it's easiest to see, but I saw this from Hawaii. I saw this from Haleakala, from the House of the Sun, and I was just blown away. I was like, oh, wow, look at what the east does. So <clears throat> I'll show you a little animation of the rising sky of the east. I mean, interestingly, we'll find that the constellation of the fish looks a little bit more like the Aries glyph. But let me show you why the ram horns. So this is just watching the eastern sky. I'll fast forward it. Notice that stars that rise south of east head to the south, and those that rise north of east head to the north. And then just like the horns of a ram, they're going to ram horn back around to set in the west. Okay. This is why Passover. This is why the blood of the ram. This is why Easter. And this is why the eastern sky is in every moment's time the fountain of youth, the place of the new beginnings. And may this weird dystopian thing that we're in right now bring about a new beginning. So I want to show one more thing about this like second coming of the sun. Um, but I just want to take a moment to for, hold on for the um, essential business here, which is this. Dream your new world. I was talking about earlier the importance of salve et coagula, break apart and put back together. There's a stage in between where the plant is superheated. You get the spirit of the plant. Don't throw away the mark. That salt, that old burnt matter, right? That has the salt of the medicine. In the alchemists, this is this, I heard this from Gary Caton, and I love this. They would say, for when the matter becomes blackened, rejoice. Now you know you are on your path to purification. But don't throw that burnt matter away. Don't throw the old world away. Recombine it. Yeah. And so the next stage is you take the water and you flood that ash. And it takes away the stuff we don't want. Again, we were talking about discernment, you know the waterway, the heartway, and it keeps the goods. And then we purify the salt, we purify the spirit, and we recombine them, but not until we have the stage of separation. That's that discrimination. This I keep, this is not me anymore. This is not my world anymore. And then we bring about what's called the lesser stone, the age of the sun, the new conjunction. And very importantly, in the waterway, there is the need to release the grip to open into the land of the dreams. So whatever this thing is now, trying to figure out might push you away from what it's here to do for you, for me, for our world. And so I was saying earlier, I would talk about the Wu Wei versus the Wu Wei. So Wu Wei is of the Tao. And amazingly, it is the action of non-action. Because right now we're hearing these things about 5G and we should. We're hearing about these things about vaccines and we should. And what, you know, what are we going to do about it? As I said earlier, like Mercury tonight will ingress Aries and things are going about to change. Like Mercury has been in Pisces forever, which is wonderful, compassionate, loving. Like part of this time is us coming into our families, gratitude for what we have, you know, expressing compassion and heart for those that have not. Right. But it is also a time where there's a lot of illusion happening and it's time for us to get out of that you know, space and at least be there intentionally and productively. I mean, it's a weird thing that the whole world just complied to lock up in home, right? 
with no resistance. Well, the resistance I feel is about to start showing up. When Mercury ingresses Aries here, he will soon after sextile Saturn. All good aspects don't mean like good results. It depends on your point of view. Like people are going to start being very frustrated. Their business was not considered essential. Mercury will then find an alignment with Venus. But then with Mars, and you know, I'm very interested in seeing what happens, especially for those who can't afford to not work, but they're being forced to, or being told that their work is not essential. So what is it, right? And of course, the fear and the things of the money falling. So, so the Wu Wei says, don't react. And it's a very challenging thing because half of us wants to say like, no, wait a second, I'm not gonna go into the nightmare of the Illuminati's dream. Like I'm going to prevent and I'm going to activate and I'm going to resist the 5G and the vaccine and all these things, right? So Aries loves this, right? But the Wu Wei is says, no, the action of non-action. Do not react. You can't respond if you're reacting. Flow, right? So Cameron Allen was the guide for Astrology Hub's inner circle during the Pisces. And he says, you'll be in the flow. So how do we flow with this thing? And one of the ways that we will not flow with it is if we try to project where it is going, right? So the Wu Wei says, all right, the action of non-action, right? Don't push water. But the Wu Wei, and I mean W-O-O-W-A-Y, is like, are you sure we're not just burying our hands, heads in the sand? So there's that part of us that says, wait a second, like, I'm not willing to not look I mean, isn't that what happened in the 30s in Germany? Like, I don't want to be those people. So it's entirely confusing right now. And friends, it's meant to be confusing right now. And we are being reminded that we are the dreamers. So I spoke about some of these avatars of the ages, right? like Moses, Jesus, at least in that transmission. Well, who will be the avatar of the dawning new age, the age of Aquarius? So let me jump ahead here to a slide, first of all, and just show you where we are in the mix. This is an image of the three zodiacs and love to Anna, who helps me create many of these things so I can animate them. This is when the east point, okay, Easter point, the ram's horn point, was pointing first to the constellations of the fishes, and that's why I call it 1B P for before Pisces. And we'll go some time after that, and we'll find our way to the early fourth century. This is when, according to some rates of precession, the sidereal zodiac, which are these purple signs you see on the outside, and the tropical zodiac were, were one and the same. And I can see this because it's the time when Spica, the bright star of the Virgo constellation, which the sidereal astrologers use to define zero Libra, was also zero tropical Libra. That's a lot to hear. Just don't try to grab that smoke if you're like, whatever. So here we are now, and I stop at 2012 intentionally. And notice that the east point is still aligned to the fish, okay? So what about following the water bearer? Well, that won't find sidereal Aquarius for another uh, four, six degrees of precession. That's six times 72 years. It's, it's a long time. It's hundreds of years. Like, don't hold your breath. Um, it won't touch a star of the Aquarius constellation to like 3000 AD. So in this criterion for when the dawning of the age of Aquarius is, it ain't happening anytime soon. But if we look instead of at the east point to the south point, what we find now is that the south point is leaning to the 
mouth of the Ouroboros or the cosmic serpent, the Milky Way is biting its own tail. And this is like highlighted in a period of time by the Maya calendar in 2012. I'm going to jump out of this because it does a lot of things and just show now, let me cruise down here. There's all this stuff about Charter Cathedral. Okay. So just one quick glimpse <laughs> at um, the strange painting of the apotheosis of George Washington, which means George Washington becoming a god. And this is the, um, the top of the um, Capitol building in Washington, D.C., painted by Bernoulli, who they broke out of the Vatican jail to, to come paint this. 72 stars. Remember, 72 years for one degree of precession. So this is a precessional story. In fact, in the frieze below, there is an image of the Mexica or Aztec sunstone, which speaks of the turning of the ages. And this is in the U.S. Capitol building. And George Washington is looking up at himself becoming a god, surrounded by these angels and these Greco-Roman mythological gods and goddesses who I received in a dream the night after I first studied this in person, that it is this sacred hoop. It is this winter hexagon. And it's aligned geometrically and mythically. And that's like, there's a lot of that in this Washington deciphered movie on my website. Um, but importantly, they're showing Washington sitting on the hand of the high man, because that's what this goddess America, you can see she's Orion. Mm. And this, we see many images of Christ's second coming on the rainbow on the spear or the sword of one of the angels. So, I mean, is George Washington the avatar of the new age? So this is the page after the last supper and Christ is on trial. And they're basically attempting to get him to blasphemy in public so they can justify his murder on Good Friday. They say, the priest asks him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Did you say this? And he says, I am. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Now, anyone who's gotten far enough away from these bright city lights will know that the clouds of heaven are the Milky Way in our sky. There are two places where the Milky Way, the galactic equator, crosses the ecliptic, the solar system. So the solar system, like our neighborhood and the Milky Way, our city, okay? They cross at the galactic center and they cross here in the middle of the sacred hoop. And I believe Christ is talking to us about sitting on the clouds of heavens, the sun, okay? At the right hand of the mighty one, Orion, the high man, Kalparish, time man, in the sacred hoop where our souls come from and where they will go to be purified. And I will say, this is the time of that purification. So this is an image of the June solstice annular solar eclipse 2020 when the North point in our day and age is aligned there. And that means for the Northern hemisphere, like Jerusalem, this is the height of the light summer solstice, the glory of the King. And in this alignment of galactic alignment, it's kind of a window of 25 1975 to 2025, there have been a few eclipses on this hand of the high man. Here's 2020. One will come in 2039, but it's after this window of precessional alignment of the uh, north and south points to the galactic crosses. So this one's now, there was one in 1982, 
when, by the way, Saturn and Pluto were last conjoined in Libra. And there was one, very importantly, in 2001, where we see this hand of the high woman in front of a couple buildings that are no longer there. And so this 2001 June solstice eclipse, which unlike the one this year, which is an annular ring of fire solar eclipse, or the one in 1982, which is a partial solar eclipse, this one was most aligned to the exactitude of this galactic alignment, Earth's spine pointing to these galactic crosses, which happened in 1999. And this was the solar eclipse that happened before the 9-11 event. So a couple of things just to wrap up. And I know that's a lot of information. And once again, you can find a slower Earth's pace presentation of this material at GeminiBrett.com. Check out the movie 2020 Revelations. I'm not here to reveal what it is. I have no idea. But what I feel is that the avatar of this next age some say it's Kolki, the next incarnation of Vishnu. Um, but I think it's you. And I think this is a time where we are meant to realize what we were told by the avatar of the last age, at least in this tradition, that you are just like me. Now, I'll say I'm Christian because I find that Christ is the son of our sky and the 12 apostles are the 12 signs that we watch the sun move through. In fact, Didymus Thomas means etymologically twins, twins. So that's the cat that I call Gemini, and I can do that for that whole cast. Okay, And I know that's blasphemous for some to hear. But because I'm a child of the sun, I say I'm Christian in that way. But I could use many names to describe what I am receiving that light, but it's important like the plant that I am to also root into the earth. And that's the teachings of this Capricorn Council now. This tea that I drink from China some pu'er. This one's from actually the 1970s when that gate first opened. It is an ancient tea rooted in the ground so it can reach more profoundly into the heavens. We are, as I love to say, living vows of the marriage of heaven and earth. You who are following the planets and knowing that there are qualities of the quantities of the heavenly happenings. You are astrologers. You're the ones that are here to be narrators for the celestial conversation whether you're professional at this or not, we knew something was coming. It's happening. What do we do about it? How can we relax into this and choose to be the greatest me? That is the energy that is necessary to fuel the dream and start thinking deeply about what this new world should look like and I give you one little exercise to do on the way out here. Everybody knows I think about the vision board where you collage images of the new world in this case, we could say. First, make a compost board. What is that? Assemble some images of the old world that you wish to release. And it's not about destroying compost because your lead is your gold. This I say to each and every one of us, and I say this for our culture, and I say this for our world, that is powerful energy, right? Compost that. So there's a couple of things. Create a board of what the old world is, the parts of it that you wish to release, whether it's in your world personally, in your family, your tribe, your culture, the whole thing, okay? And you're going to burn it. And unlike a vision board, you don't take pictures. You don't post this thing. This is for you. It's going away, right? You burn it. Give the ashes to the directions, do what you do. Keep some of those ashes 
Put them in an urn. U-R-N, urn. I like to say burn it and earn it. Put that on your mantle as if it is a deceased relative, an ancestor. Grieve that. For as we release the old ways, we are, if we grieve this powerfully, don't un, you know, understand that it is a powerful thing. Honor that. Respect that. Yeah? Grieve that. And that feeds these ashes with the energy. And then magically use those ashes in the glue or in the paint of the vision board you then create for your new world ahead. So we take the old lead, we transmute it into the gold that will be the fuel of this new sun. Wow. <laughs> I am always amazed at how much you know and your amazing way of weaving the story. Thank you so much. Um, so much there for us to learn from. And I'm thinking about this, what you're talking about with the composting and why it, why it would be so important to honor it as an ancestor. And there are so many lessons in there for us. We don't, we don't want to forget about those lessons. We don't want to just, um, you know, throw them away. There's so many gifts in there for us with those lessons alone. And then if we can imagine for a moment, if all of us were taking this time or as many of us as possible to dream that new future in, you know, I talked to Elizabeth Wilcock last week and she showed the, the, um, the plans for the new goddess temple that she would love to build after all of this. That is, you know, totally in harmon in harmony with nature. You know how they used to build temples like into the mountain, like just part of the mountain. She's building plans for that. You know, so what, what are the plans that we are dreaming in? And I love, I love, love, love that you use the word dream in because we get to use the power of our imagination to dream it in. So what are you imagining right now? Are you finding yourself imagining that worst case scenario? And if you are, that's okay. But if you can catch yourself and be like, okay, no, I don't want to give that power. That's not where my power needs to go. Even if I think that it's a potential reality, it doesn't matter. Allowing your creative energy to fuel it and crystallize it and solidify it is not helpful. So what is it? You know, if you can find yourself and, and switch that story into dreaming in the reality that you know in your heart. See, that's the thing. So many of us know in our hearts that we are meant to bring heaven to earth. That, mm. that that's why we're here. So uh, like indulge that, indulge right. those dreams. You are the goddess temple, you know? And I mean, I think really importantly, um, as she's talking about like sharing that now as she did, like, that's an important thing for us to do. That's an important like way that this vehicle of the World Wide web um, can be utilized to facilitate the other streams. Right. And it's not like, Hey, this is my new world. Get on board. Right. Say, this is my new world. Remember to dream in yours. And that is taking the right of a human creator which is what it is to be a human being of living these stories and telling them in a new way. People always ask me like, where should I go to read the myths? And there's a few sources, but if you want to know one of the old stories, learn to speak it because it's going to show up through your voice in a different way than it was written. And it matters. It's like, and very importantly, we're reminded of this now too, like matter matters. So one of the contemplations is we're in this tidal wave or actually should I get swept away or just walk on water? 
right? What is this place? Am I actually above it? You know? So it's again, Wu Wei, like the action of non-action versus like, don't fall prey to the Wu Wei and think it's all light and not do your shadow work, but also don't like spiritually bypass by getting addicted to shadow work, which would (laughs) inform you that like you can't also grow through bliss and hope. Look at the truth that the earth is reflecting to us what it's not going to take much for her to come back to her natural way. Oh my gosh. Only a few weeks and things are changing. That's a hopeful story. Which is not what you're hearing from the climate change fear plugs, right? Mm. Which tell you we're past the point of no return. You naughty human. No, Mm. she's showing us great. Like you guys want to start dancing to my rhythm again? Sweet. We can do this. And as we choose to, as we choose to, right? Like, so hand on heart, like I have an Amazon box showing up today. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not the new dream. Right. And yet I'm like, in a way, handcuffed to participating in the false stream. But the more that I am conscious of that. Yeah. And the more that I choose to regulate, and again, discriminate, I'm going to use that word, I know it's not favored, and be in my place of discernment. And as we speak about salve coagula too, look, there's places that are safe for your mind to go that you don't want to bring your heart, and that's okay. And the heart should be able to live its life without the complication of the mind in other venues. So you can feel and laugh and cry without needing to translate into emotions and words, you know? Mm-hmm. So understand now, like open these facilities. Where does your body mind work that you don't need to bring the whole company's confusion to? Where does the mind work? Where does the heart work? And do those in a really beautifully, like purified way and then bring them all back together, right? Because this is a time and this is the story of this 2020 revelations bit as far as I choose to dream into what it means, because I can show you as I hope I have astronomically, like it's happening now. I did that from the Christian transmission. I could do that from the Vedic, from the Egypt. I could like go on and on. It's crazy. Okay. It is now like it is written. (laughs) This is the time. And It's not the dawning of the age of Aquarius, but it is a time that happens once in 26,000 years where the height of the light is aligned to the center of the sacred hoop and the clouds of heaven and the right hand of the mighty one. And that's now. What does it mean? I have no idea. But I can say that it is invoking and reminding us of our powers. And I think, again, to listen to the words of the one whose transmissions I use as a vehicle into this exploration today, Jesus said, you're just like me and even better. So it's time for us to remember, like, that's not blasphemy. That's a responsibility. Mm. That's not blasphemy. That's a responsibility. Very good. Brett, thank you. Thank you. If you are also inclined to create those vision boards the way that Brett just laid out, don't post your compost board, but if you want to post those vision boards, it would be awesome to see those because what I've noticed is that when you share your visions and and the thing that you're uniquely here to bring through, it unlocks keys for other people. It's like, Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm allowed to have those dreams again. I'm allowed to, to, to dream in that vision. And so post them, 
because you never know what your post will unlock for other people. So please post them in the community. And this is using the power of community right now to inspire in spirit, to inspire each other. And um, God, when you like, this is the turning of the 26,000 years and we're here, you guys, like we're here, like, wow, <laughs> amazing, right? Why did we choose to be here right now? Only you can answer that for yourself and you might not even know exactly in this moment, but there is a reason. So thank you for being here with us today, for riding that amazing transmission with Brett and with myself. And it's just amazing to be here and connect with you on this Good Friday. And can I play a little song on the way out, Amanda? Yes, yes. I just want to tell them about a few things coming up. Great. So on Monday, I will be with Cameron Allen. For those of you in the inner circle or anyone that tuned into the 2020 forecast event, everybody fell in love with Cameron Allen. He's amazing. So loving, so visionary. So we'll be talking on Monday morning. I'll be back with Ann Ortley on Tuesday for your astrological weather. So please tune in for that. And then who knows? We'll see what else gets planned for the rest of the week. We're just here and available as much as possible for you. If you want to get my summary emails where I basically say, here are all the things that we did in the last week, check it all out, all the links in one nice pretty spot, you can sign up for our mailing list at astrologyhub.com slash podcast, astrologyhub.com slash podcast, and then sign up to get the weekly notification or whatever it says. And a new website is coming soon. Oh my God, talk about dreaming in a new thing. This has been like on my list forever and ever and ever our new website is going to be launching very soon, which I'm very excited about, making it so much easier for you to find all of our stuff. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Awesome. Serenade um, us. Amanda, okay. thank you so much for having me today. I hope everyone has, um, I guess maybe we have more time on our hands, so the marathon length of this thing is okay. Um, I want to show that I've been drinking from the cup of the sun and um, some tea called Tiger's Nest. And how do we want to do in that den? And it always reminds me to find stillness and not go into my places of fear. There's two things I want to circle back to. One was um, that story about me, like bringing my mother's to tears, like telling her about 9-11 truth was the thing, you know? And it, yeah. you know, maybe good topic with the wrong audience. <laughs> and so part of this thing now is in sharing your visions it might not be for your mom to hear. I mean, I will say that my family, they're kind of more interested in astrology than they were because I told them all to sell their stocks in, in autumn. And um, the ones that didn't are even more interested than the ones that did, you know? Well, how did you know that, right? And I wish we had listened to you and that, you know? But the, your family, your soul family, are the ones that are already so stoked to receive your vision. So... The action of non-action is also like, don't force your visions onto those who don't need to remember to that dream. There are so many just like you who will receive your visions and those that do will be reminded to share theirs. This is a wonderful time like this to, to go live, to make a video, to post a writing, like share with us your wisdom. You are the only one that holds it, and your medicine 
you're the scent of your flower, you know, your fruit, like that, it is the only one like you in the world. So you are the one you've been waiting for and we're wait, we've been waiting for you too and thanks for showing up. The last thing I'll say is for those of you who are studying astrology, start linking themes of 1982, 2001 and now in your own life and in the culture and you're gonna find a lot of interesting waves uh, of time to play with. Love and planets to all friends. Amanda, Astrology Hub, thank you so much. I love this community so much and it really is such a gift for me to be able to have the opportunity to come and share the weird things that I'm hearing in the sky. So I hope it's been uh, something that has confirmed what you have always known, open windows of contemplation, practice and play and um, brought more questions and answers. Perfect. <laughs> thank you. In true Gemini fashion, I appreciate appreciate you so much. Thank you. Take care, everybody.